0: Matthew chapter eight, verses one through ten. It's a very simple title: belief. Belief. Matthew chapter eight, verses one through ten. You know, uh, belief is a kind of a—I don't want to call it a funny word, but I mean it has so many, so many ramifications. Now I know that we're going to talk this morning. You can just, yeah, set them down there. If you need more, take bunches. Did you take enough? Don't just take one, take a bunch. Because I want one card for whenever we're done today, Okay? So you have to have more than one, because I expect you to write some things down. Two enough. Two's two's plenty, two's three. Take two, three, four, whatever. If what you don't use, leave any pew. Um, But um, I want you to, you know, save one card for the end. You've got to have one card at the end, okay? But belief is a kind of a unique word that, um, that we toss around or maybe we, maybe we don't realize how important it is for our lives and how much we use our belief system every day. But let's, let's look at Matthew chapter 8 verses 1 through 10. When he came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him, and a man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. Is that him? Touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately he was cured of his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, See, that you don't tell anyone. Go, show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed and in terrible suffering. Jesus said to him, I will go and heal him. The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with, soul, with Soldiers under me. I tell this one, Go, and he goes, and that one, Come, and he comes. I say to my servant, Do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was astonished and said to those following him, I tell you the truth. I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that. Many will come from the east and the west and will take their place at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, it will be done just as you believe it would. And his servant was healed at that very hour. Now, belief. You know, What does it mean to believe? What does it mean to believe? We talk about belief, but what does it mean? Well, it can mean trust. It can mean acceptance. There's a simple belief that we have that... How many got in your car this morning and thought it would start? (laughs) You didn't even think about it, did you? But you had a belief, and the only thing that challenges that belief is when you turn the switch and... It doesn't start. You know, you start wondering, well, am I misplaced trust here? Um, Does that belief? You see, when someone believes in you, when someone believes in you, what are they doing? When someone believes in you, what are they doing? They're expressing what? Trust. They're expressing... um, acceptance, they are thinking that what you are and what you've done, so on, is, is important. You know, if I could, um, I would like, now if I forget someone, uh, I, I'm, I'm sorry, but I would like Allie, come on down, and Cassie, is Cassie, 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 she's not here, uh, Brandy, yeah, Brandy, Marissa, she's new, I'm picking on her, uh, Erica, uh, and uh, Emma, uh, Emily, Ashley, I wrote down Ashley, uh, Emily, Ashley, did I miss anyone? Okay, come on down, all right, now, I usually get the guys up here, come on, this is Marissa, this is our, my, my great niece, and she's great, and she's a niece, so, all right, now, Let's just suppose that now we know that you play soccer and what else? And what's that? Yeah, I play softball and track. Softball and track and, and, and Ashley is, uh, was a gymnast, now you're a cheerleader? what I say? <laughs> this girl here I've known since birth, anyhow, she's, um, what do you do? Cheerleading? You're a cheerleader? You're a guard. Marissa is going into cheering, right? Cheering, and she also was a gymnast. Now, let's just suppose, we're, we'll, and we'll just for, because I'm not going to put precedence over one. Let's just say you're all cheerleaders, or baseball players, or soccer players, or gymnasts, OK? But we'll just pick one. Which one are we going to pick? Which one are we going to pick? You don't care. <laughs> How can I fulfill my illustration if you don't care? I gotta have something. What would you like the team to be? You don't know either. Okay, (laughs) girls, go sit down. (laughs) What would you like us to be? This team, cheerleaders. All right, we'll be cheerleaders. They're all cheerleaders. Janet, come on down. All right. So here we got a team of team of cheerleaders. Janet, come over here, please. Now, Janet's, Janet's just a mom, okay, just a mom, just a mom, and Janet comes up to you and says to the team, they're a great team. Go ahead. They're a great team. They're a great team. What does that mean to you? Absolutely nothing, right? <laughs> That's just mom trying to say, cheer up, get on, the, do a good job, right? What if not only is she mom, but she's the coach? Oh, She's the coach and she's been coaching you in your athletic endeavors and your cheering and so on. you don't have to stand her like this. <laughs> I've been picking on her for two days. It's been relentless. So, anyhow, so Janet now is not only mom, but Janet is coach. And Janet says, They're what, a great team. They're a great team. Okay. They're a great team. What does that mean to you? You're a great team. (laughs) Thank you. Put that down. Okay, it means you're a great team, but does that mean more than just mom saying something? Does that mean more? Does it have more weight? Does it carry more influence? Is it more believable? The answer is yes. Okay, thank you. (laughs) Go like this. Yes, all right. Now, Janet is not only mom, and Janet is not only coach, Janet is a recognized national cheerleading expert who has come from California to be your coach. Florida, Florida, that's it, NCAA, whatever, UCA, whatever. She has come from Florida to be their coach. And she's a mom and she's uh, the national expert. And she says, They're a great team. Now, what does that mean? Help them out. I mean, they're just. Too quiet here. Means they're a great team. Means a lot more. So, if Janet believes in the team, okay, if she believes in the team as a mom, it has credibility. But, eh, the rest of you don't really believe. She's just sticking up for her kid, right? <laughs> <laughs> but if Janet, as a coach, has taught you and she says you're a great team, hmm, now... If Janet as mom, coach, and national expert says, you're a great team. Now, what am I asking? How much do you believe her? How much do you believe in what she tells you? Yeah, it depends. It depends on what weight she carries in her opinion. What does her word mean to you? That determines how much you believe. If it means just mom trying to make her kid happy, does it mean coach saying she, you know, she's just trying to inspire us, or is she really trying to let us know from a national, important perspective, you're great? So how much you believe in her determines how much you're going to respond to what she says. And how much you believe in them determines the credibility of what you say. If you're just making it up, she lost her credibility. But if she's speaking from an expert's opinion, ah, her voice has credibility, but what if they don't believe it? What if you don't believe what the the coach and the national expert has to say? What if you don't believe that? What's going to happen? You just kind of go on as you are. But if you believe in it, then you start responding to it, and what happens is it keeps going back and forth until it becomes even greater. Now, I want you to stand here for the rest of the sermon and remember this. (laughs) No, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. You can be dismissed. You can be dismissed. Yes. Thank you. Give them a hand. Yes. Now, did you ever have someone tell you that they believe in you? Yes. Thank you, Jack. <laughs> you should have heard him last night. Rhonda takes him upstairs to, to go to bed. Well, she just gets upstairs and she says, David, she's hollering for me to come up. Because she forgot something, of course. Oh, Burger had his his thing on and was making all kinds of noise. Burger's the dog. And so he's making all kinds of noise. The baby's not going to sleep. So she she calls for me to come up. Well, she no longer stops calling and Jack starts. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> You know, and I, I had to come up just, and, and, he's, and I get upstairs, and he's, hey! <laughs> so, he is mimicking what he heard. So, in our belief system, it's important that we understand that there is a belief that we, that comes to us, and there's a belief also that we give to others. And helping people is sometimes more than just doing things for them, but believing in them enough to inspire them, to give them what you have. Now, when, when Peter is walking along the street, he's, you know, the people are talking to him, and, and he says to them, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give unto you. Okay? When we give... Sometimes we think we don't have very much to give. But you see, every one of us has something to give to others. Uh, this morning, I, um, I wanted to pick up these 3, three by 5 cards. And uh, I went to Giant Eagle, picked up the donuts and whatever, and forgot to get the 3x5 cards. <laughs> so I'm having breakfast and come in, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I was reading the sermons, there it is, top of, very, very top, very top of my sermon, It says three by five card Did I just go dead? No, I just fell off. <laughs> okay. What happened was uh, Jackson was playing with this and pulled it off a couple of times, it's his fault. <laughs> <laughs> he was playing with the cord. All right. So, um, so I had to come back around, and I stopped at Sheets. And of course, they didn't have them up in wherever I was at. They didn't have them. So I came back, and I usually, usually run to, um, to Giant Eagle and pick up you know, all our stuff there. But to, for whatever reason, I pulled in the market basket. And pulled in the market basket, walked right in, picked up the 3x5 cards, and was walking out. And the manager's there, and he says, good morning. And I said, oh, good morning. Nice to, you know, good morning to you. And went up to the counter and, you know, was checking out. And the person was kind of a little distraught over whatever. And I said, good morning. It's nice to see you this morning. I don't know the person, you know. And, and you know, whenever, by the time I was done with the transaction, she smiled at me and said, well, good morning. It's nice to see you. And you know, pleasantries. What did I give her? Huh? I gave her five bucks and a change, right? Now, I got changed back. The idea was you were giving them something, giving them a smile, giving them some, giving maybe hope. You know what does it take to give hope? What does it take to give assurance? And are you believable? <laughs> are you believable in what you give, or are you just making it up as you go? <laughs> and our belief system is whenever we start to look at what we believe, how we believe, how that belief interacts with other people. When you believe in God, what do you want to accomplish? Is it that God needs us to believe in Him? Does God need us to believe in Him? And the answer is no. It isn't like He gets something out of it, like, you know, He gets some kind of, well, I don't know whatever what people would think, that God somehow needs us to believe in Him. He doesn't need us to believe in Him. He wants us to believe in Him. So that when we express our belief in God, we are, we are taking Him at His word that He already loved us. See, God already loves us. He already believes in us. And whenever we get to the point where we acknowledge that, We are allowing what he is all, his expectation, the expert, we are allowing the expert in who we are as a person to put his word, place his word in our lives. And when God places his word in our lives, it enhances, it multiplies who we are as a person to live out our life for God. See, God believes in you and I. He believes in you to the point that before you were born, he instilled in you and I the seeds of who we are to be as a person. The greatness that lies inside of you is already there. Now, we would say, well, greatness, that eliminates me. No. Greatness. You know, there was a missionary in China year, years ago, when China was, before China was closed by communism. There was a missionary in China that spent their entire lifetime and never had one convert. An entire lifetime of ministry never had one convert. Now, would we say that that's a success or a failure? Well, in that culture, it took a lifetime for the people to accept them. And the fruits of that life are still going on. The fruits of that lifetime that is that person who has died long time since, you know, has the fruits of that are still growing on in the church that is, that is in China. But it's spent an entire lifetime Looking, you know, living a life and we would say, well, that's not a very successful life. But you see, success not, is, the success that we are looking at is not necessarily what we would be able to put on a scale and put in a bank account. It would be, it would be that which we have done for Christ and doing it for Christ would en- enhance us. We spoke about this in Sunday school, that holiness is a sense of wholeness in who we are as a person. So whenever we are whole in our relationship with God, it helps us become whole as a person. God entrusts the conversion of the world to his followers. God has that much faith in you and your talents and your abilities to affect the people in your life in a way that will change them for eternity in their relationship with Christ. God entrusts you with that. And so here is God, our coach as it were, the expert in human relationships, the expert in creation and and creating us and knowing who we are as a person. Here is the expert saying he believes in you. And then he brings his word, this written word, And he gives that word to us to affect how we will think, how we will act, what we will do. He gives that word to us and then we are called upon to believe or respond. How do we respond? How do we respond to the expert who says he believes in you? How do we respond to the person who says, you don't know what I have planned for you. You can't even imagine what I have in store for you in the good, in the positive way. You can't, it hasn't even entered into the hearts of man what God has prepared for us. And this is the coach, the expert, speaking that to our lives, and we are here saying, well, it's just Dad <laughs> blowing off some steam, <laughs> you know. It's just mom trying to encourage her kid. Or it's just coach, preacher, saying a lot of good things like he normally does, tries to do, doesn't do it very well sometimes. You know, it's just a preacher. Or it's God speaking his word into the life of his children to inspire us to become what he created us to be. Well, how long does it take? Don't know. may take a lifetime, may take tomorrow. How long till I arrive at that greatness? (laughs) Well, is it for you or for God? The greatness that we have in our relationship with God is one that will change us for an eternity. Matthew chapter 8, which we read, and it talks about the Roman centurion. When Jesus entered the Capernaum, the centurion came to him to ask for help. Now, Belief is a simple thing. Belief is not complex. You know, sometimes, you know, Okay, If Janet is not only mom, not only coach, but an expert. And the expert is that she has training, education, background experience. She has all that that brings her to the field as the, as the coach here, as the, as the expert in this, in this uh, cheerleading. So if she is the expert, she has all of this in her background to be able to say and to make statements. Okay, That makes the expert. God is the expert in our life and he is the one that we, must, we are asked to believe what he says. Now, Belief does not originate in... Can I have all the girls come back up? No. I'm <laughs> no, just kidding. If the girls, the, 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 the squad is here, okay, belief does not originate in them. Belief originates in the coach. Because if the coach believes in what she can accomplish, she will then send out the call for those who would be interested in being part of the squad. Those who are interested in being part of the squad will respond to the call of the the coach. God is the originator of our belief. He sends out the call to us. Will you respond to the call of the Spirit? Will you respond to the expert who says I can change you from the inside out. I can, I Jesus Christ can forgive you of your sins and all that garbage that's gone wrong in your life. I can forgive you, and you can let that go. Well, what about the girls who comes up and they, they want to be, they want to play, and they want to be on the team here, and they have fallen and they maybe made mistakes with other squads, or you know, they need this, they need that. And what does the coach say? We'll use that to grow from. Let that go. This is how we're going to do it. This is what we're going to learn. This is how we're going to accomplish it. And so the coach then gives us a whole new set of standards and desires and goals of what we're going to achieve. That's what God does for us. He comes into our life. Now the centurion, the centurion is a guy who shows up. Now, the centurion, a legion is 6,000. Yeah, I believe a legion is 6,000 men. A legion has one commander and he has 60 centurions under him. So you've got a commander, you know, a commander who's over a legion and he has 60 underneath him. And those 60 are over 100. So the centurion is a man of of great um, military pros and abilities. And so he shows up and he walks up to Jesus and says, Jesus, I have a servant who's ill. I would like for you to say the word and he will be well. And Jesus says, okay, I'll come with you and heal him. He says, no, no, no. You don't have to come to my house. You just have to speak the word and my servant will be well. What the centurion was doing was honoring Jesus. Honoring him, respecting his word, respecting him as, as the Messiah. Who, he, he respected him so much that all he had to do was say the word and his servant would be healed. You know, I, I think what the checkout girl this morning what i thought of and i was thinking about this honoring maybe she just felt honored to be a checkout girl that i was able to to encourage felt honored by her position now i don't know if she did or not but she responded being positive and smiled and you know pleasant when we were you know just buying three packs of five of cards when you honor someone you are respecting them. okay? The cheering squad here. Honoring the coach. Honoring the coach because she's a mother. Honoring the coach because she's a mother and a coach. Honoring the coach because she's a mother, coach, and an expert. You see, sometimes we are to give honor to whom honor is due, in the sense that we honor people just simply for who they are. And our responsibility of honoring some individuals is just simply to say, you know what, you can make it. You know, I don't, I, you know, some bad things have happened in your life, but I'm, I really feel in my heart that this is going to be okay for you. You see, that's different than saying, don't worry about it, it'll be Okay. How do you know it's going to be okay? Well, you know, I looked at the horoscope this morning and it said, <laughs> you don't need to look at the horoscope. It's a horror preview. <laughs> we need to look at the word of life that promises good things in our life. Jesus, his word, the centurion coming up to him and saying, you don't need to come to my house to say the word the centurion had an understanding of Jesus that Jesus said, I haven't found such great faith in all of Israel. I haven't found such great faith. And how did the centurion arrive at this? He says, well, you know, I understand authority. I have a commander who's over me and I have to listen to his word. He's an expert or he wouldn't be in charge of 6,000 men. He is an expert in who he is and I'm a a centurion. I'm under him. So therefore I give, I give honor to his word. And then as I honor his word, I speak his word and everybody under me has to obey what I say. They have to honor my word. And he says to Jesus, you have the authority to speak the word and my servant will be well. Whoa. That's faith? You see, we, you and I, are under the authority of God's word. Now some people have really mistaken this. They they somehow come up with the idea that I'm a Christian and I have authority to command. No, I am under the authority of God's word and therefore I have the ability to speak God's word. Because I am under it, not commanding it. God is the commander. The other story that I, I want to put with this is Nazareth. The community of Nazareth. Jesus showed up in his hometown. Um, it's it's uh, Luke chapter four verses sixteen to thirty that Jesus shows up at his hometown and he was prepared to do, you know, he read in the synagogue, you know, today, you know, he he read the scriptures about the Messiah and Jesus makes the declaration that he is the Messiah. And do you know what happened in Nazareth? Jesus could do nothing for those people because they looked at Jesus and said, I know you, you're a carpenter's son. I know you. You made my chairs. You made the yoke for my oxen. I know who you are. You're no Messiah. What happened? They could not accept the word of Jesus because they did not honor him. They didn't respect him. They didn't see his word as meaning anything more than just a carpenter speaking. Stuff. Did you ever see a team that didn't believe in their coach? (laughs) Did you ever see a team that believed their coach didn't know what they were talking about? You know what? Some coaches don't. (laughs) But that's not for me to decide here and now. But you know what? God's word... We, we need to be like the centurion. We live under the authority of someone. The authority of God's word. And God gives us, he wants us to live under that authority because as we are separated to God, it's called holy, it also means wholeness. I find wholeness for who I am as a person. Sin is is a deteriorate, it, sin deteriorates. It, we spoke about this in Sunday School, it was a great Sunday School lesson this morning, but I, was, I, was, I thought of a, a story that I saw on TV where this person was bit by a snake, a rattlesnake or some, I think it was a rattlesnake. But anyhow, their whole hand was deformed and gone. They almost lost their arm. And I, and I, and, and, and I found out from that that the venom from the snake, disintegrated the bones and disintegrated the tissue. And sin is like that. It disintegrates our character. God has come to give us wholeness. That's why God wants to forgive us of our sin. So the sin is like the venom of the snake that deteriorates the character, deteriorates the bones. Sin deteriorates the character. And when sin is forgiven, it stops the deterioration. And so God's word comes to us, we have to, God believes in us, that's why he gives us the word. So the coach comes and gives to us his word. This is what we're going to do, this is how we're going to do it, this is how we're going to perform, and we're going to, I understand that this coach isn't just mom, the coach isn't just someone off the street trying to get somebody to do something, this coach is the expert. God is the expert who has come into our lives to give us his word. And his word is given to us to get rid of the sin so that we can get, stop the venom that is deteriorating our character. And that we can find wholeness in who we are as a person. And when we have wholeness in who we are as a person, we find the word of God being spoken to our life and we are able to respond to that word in such a way it brings healing and wholeness to our character. So where do we go in conclusion? On the three by five card, number one. Do you need more cards? all right. <laughs> you need more cards, Number one, who can I speak to to encourage them? Who can I speak to that I can encourage them? Now, don't be just a flippant person. You know, oh, well, you don't worry about it. It'll be okay. Who can I speak to that I can be their encourager? Number two. What is God, the expert, speaking to my life? What is he speaking to me? And third... As you you are walking under the authority of God's word, what need do you have that God will receive great honor and accomplishing in your life? See, it isn't about you and I getting what we want. It's about God being honored by meeting the need in your life. So what need do you have that will bring great honor to God? Shall we stand? Did you get all those down? Some of you didn't write anything. Uh Uh-huh. You will be, never mind. <laughs> so what do you think the conclusion is? The conclusion is we're just starting. We're just starting. And I'm, I'm going to do what uh, Jack does, more. <laughs> Not glad that it's over, yeah, see yeah here, Jack, bring Jack down here. <laughs> this is my grandson, yeah nice <laughs> up, okay, go more. ready? It's all over. <laughs> Say goodbye, <laughs> but you see. It's ongoing. Our life isn't over. Our life is just beginning. Why? Because we're still here. Our coach is telling us, the commander in chief, the expert in who we are as a person, is saying to us, we can keep yeah. Yes. We can keep going. And that where we're at, Listen for His Word to be spoken to your life. And as His Word is spoken to your life, you'll find encouragement. And the reason I want you to speak that into someone else's life is because you've got to see that you are believable. You've got to see that you are the one. (laughs) You got that? (laughs) That you have the ability to speak into other people's lives, and they will respond. And if you have that influence, think about how the Spirit is speaking to you. And how that you are responding to it. Amen? You got that? Alright. That's our assignment.